This is Taking the World by Stormy with Stormy Daniels and co-host John Bullard. Continue listening at your own risk. Listening to Taking the World by Stormy, and I'm your host, Stormy Daniels, here with my co host, John Bullard. And we are here at where? We are at the McNutt House in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Very exciting. We had a little bit of a issue getting started, but we're ready now. And uh, we have a guest. It's very exciting. We do have a guest, and it is 17 hours later in the process of starting the podcast. So it is, uh, I don't even know what day it is now, but that's okay. We do have a special guest, David Childers, so uh, out of Vicksburg, Mississippi. And David, jump in. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, guys. How's it going? I appreciate you letting me come on the show, you know. Had a blast and also setting stuff up. That was real fun, too. Yes, we make our guests set up the shit with us. Because I'm not allowed to. That's Uh, a fact. You know, today's been extra hard (laughs) because I said hard. But uh, let's see, I flew in today. John had the unfortunate experience of flying with me for the first time a couple weeks ago. He's still uh, suffering from a little bit of post traumatic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, from, from roads being closed to uh, a TSA meltdown, it was a it was a journey. I had three drinks on the plane, so that was a good good experience. So I, I'm a big drinker flyer now after traveling with you. I'm pretty sure that I'm dating a TSA agent now. That's true. I saw it. I think we actually went all the way. One of the fingers was between your toes. <laughs> That's not the only place those fingers were. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of a running joke on the show from, from years back. And going all the way back to when I used to film, obviously, with Wicked Pictures, there's a running joke that John has now learned. And unfortunately, so is our guest now that I'm not allowed to touch the electronics because I break them. It's very, very true. Uh, even today, that happened as well. So it's just an ongoing thing. I thought it was just a running joke, but it is not a joke. Yes. I'm not even allowed to touch John's DVR system. Because of what happened at one of our investigations. No, DVR system was working fine. We uh, got some great evidence. I was really excited about it. And I looked over and the, uh, the fucking DVR system had cut off. So now we do uh, social distancing on the DVR. We have tape <laughs> that is uh, six feet apart and uh, she cannot cross that line. So that's, that's what we do now. I didn't even tell you this. I did a podcast yesterday for anybody who wants to look it up. It was called Horse Crazy with my friend Sarah. And halfway through that, I shut down the whole podcast because the alarm system in my house went off for the first time ever. I've lived there for six years, and all the alarms went off for absolutely no reason. And because I've never used it, we didn't know how to turn it off. I'm sure your neighbors love that. The fire department did. They were hot. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, oh, I, this reminds me of a movie I did once. <laughs> so accurate. We're just going to have to wrap you in bubble wrap and just, like, set you, like, six feet apart and just fucking, I don't know. There's nothing we can do. I think you've tried everything. I have tried everything. <laughs> <laughs> Except bubble wrap. That's a new niche. There's got to be, I mean, there's something for everybody, right? That's a new show. Yes. We'll talk about that Porno later. normal. <laughs> Porno normal. I like that. Okay. <laughs> so tell me, like, how did I end up here? How did we end up 
here. Well, that's a long journey. At the McNutt house? Yes. He said no. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so I got involved uh, with Spooky Babes, so I do paranormal. Uh, I'm an investigator. I've done it for 13 years now, and uh, we met uh, from a house that I did a documentary on called The House in Between, which number one paranormal documentary of all time. I'm not tooting my own horn, but there it is. Uh, so we met, you actually came to the house about, what, nine months ago? Eight months ago? Something like that. I don't know, I can't keep up with time. So uh, we had an interaction, uh, you showed me your skill set, I didn't know who you were at the time, and you just kind of blew me away with everything you were capable of. We kept in contact, and uh, yeah, you kind of really just blew me away with your authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we started uh, talking about Spooky Babes, which is a show that you're working on. Uh, it's not your average paranormal show. So that led one thing to another, and we started doing different locations. And somehow we ended up in Mississippi at a 1800s Victorian mansion, and uh, here we, we are. Which we weren't really even planning to investigate. No, not at all. Uh, we just stopped here on a tour on the way to Michigan. We were going to catch a plane from Jackson to Michigan to go do some stuff. And, and you brought me here to Vicksburg to do the haunted tour at McRaven, which was awesome. And I suggest everybody to check that out. It was pretty intense. And then we were just going to spend the night here because we had an early flight to Michigan because I was directing the music video for my friend Tommy, who has been on the show several times for the listeners who know and his band Ten Low that's just coming out. Who knew there were sand dunes in Michigan? That blew my mind. So you kept saying sand dunes in Michigan and it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. Right. So it's just a small secluded town with water and then at the end of the water there's just it is, it's sand dunes. And this town is secluded. We have between you and I, I think we have four or five phones. Cell phones? Yeah, we have five. Five. Five cell phones and Three or four laptops, and none of them worked. No, and we have every carrier. We are across the board, and literally nothing worked in this town. And it was almost like going back into like a, a time capsule. Everything's like retro. It's like 80s, and, you know, it's a very, very unique place. And it was a hell of a time doing a music video in sand dunes. Sand dunes, uphill both ways, dragging equipment. To be honest, I never lifted a finger. <laughs> That's true. I did all the work. You know, that sort of reminds me of Spaceballs. Remember the movie Spaceballs and whenever they rescued Princess Vespa? Yeah. And they had the dragging the luggage and all that stuff. There you go, John. That is, And I have a visual picture of her. She's literally in a white dress <laughs> pulling a freaking fucking whatever sled. It was sled. an ice sled. They use it for ice fishing. And they we loaded all the gear on it and they strapped me to it and made me drag it uphill. <laughs> Sure. I wasn't paid for this either, by the way. This is this is what happens when I say yes to Tommy, and I don't know why I still say yes to him. It was your first time meeting him, and what's Tommy's favorite thing to say? <laughs> Fuck bitches, get, get money. money. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it is true. So they did all the work. I walked out there to the sand dunes. I saw what was going on, and, uh, and when left. I, I left, and I called a plane back to uh, back to civilization. Yeah, yeah. So but it was also Susan's first roller coaster ride. It was Susan, our haunted doll, Spooky Babe Susan on Instagram. If you're intrigued to see what Susan looks like, which I think she's gorgeous. She's looking at me right now, a little twinkle in her eye. <laughs> she's the real co-host. I just, you're just here because you drive Susan around. That's a fact. And her Instagram followers are slowly approaching mine, so it kind of hurts my feelings. But 
she's going to overtake me. But that was her first roller coaster ride. And her first ice cream. And her first plane ride. <laughs> and there went the mic. There we go. Didn't touch it. So, what's interesting about the whole trip and with Susan, you know, she is a doll, obviously. Um, she did have a COVID mask because we wanted to be proper whenever she was traveling across the country. But the weird thing is, everybody was so okay with it. That was what I was confused about. Everybody looked at her. I remember on the roller coaster, we were in, it was you, I, and Susan. And we turned, it was a, a father and son, and they just looked at us. And I said, I don't want to explain. And he said, that's okay. okay I don't want to know. <laughs> Everybody's just so okay with her. It's starting to creep me out. Like, I thought we were weird, but maybe we're not. I don't know. I don't know. I think we're bad parents, though, because she apparently escaped the room that night. She did. I don't know how or what to make of that, but we did find her COVID mask in the hallway the next morning. And she had feathers in her hair. She did. So apparently she had a better night than we did. Definitely, because all we did was sit in the room and review footage. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we do. So we ended up here. You know, we've, we've been to Kansas City. We've done locations. Uh, we've been to Michigan shooting music videos. Uh, we leave for New Orleans where we're doing a, a lot of fun, spooky things, right? We're taking Susan to Bourbon Street. Susan is going to Bourbon Street. I'm not sure of her legal age. But you got to get an ID, man. Well, yeah. I, I feel like she can pass it now. She's, not She's so cute. They might let her in. She can pass. I mean, that, it used to work for me. Yeah? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. David, how long have you done the McNutt House? How long have you been around this location what uh what draws you back to this location? Because you've investigated here what fifteen twenty times. Oh uh, yeah, actually yeah, it's been close to that, man. And uh, going on ten years now, you know, investigating this location, uh, I keep on coming back. I mean, just the history of the place is what really intrigues me, and also just the activity here. I mean, you never know what the spirits are going to you know bring to your attention, uh, especially. Like Maggie, the little girl ghost. I mean, she is amazing. She really is. You know, she. This place right here is not. It's not a bad, evil location like you see on some of these paranormal shows. This place is actually. You know, it's real laid back, and they just want to be acknowledged. Okay. So, kind of give me some of your accolades. So, I know you've done stuff in the paranormal field for a very long time. Uh, what shows have you been on? Uh, because I know you've done quite a few different things over your career, but give me some of your, your highlights, stuff that you've done with the uh, the people that are on TV. Okay, yeah, cool. All right, uh, well, it started out, you know, we uh, actually, the episode of McNutt House, it showed up on uh, A&E, My Ghost Story, back, oh man, it's probably about 10, 15 years ago, something like that. Um, I can't really remember last week, hardly, so, you know, I'm just winging it right now. Uh, but... It's uh yeah it showed up on A and E my uh, my ghost story bio channel and then I also filmed with uh, Ghost Asylum you know Tennessee Ray Chase Chasers we did uh, Keene State Hospital that was on uh, yeah travel I'm trying to probably repeat myself I'm tired right now because it's been a long day because I put you to work yay fun times <laughs> yeah we wouldn't be having this podcast right now if it wasn't for David because oh, no, I stood there and I just twiddled my thumbs and. I look cute enough where I can barely pass by without doing anything. So. I just sat there and drank beer and watched him. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, we uh, uh, also Ghost Adventures Travel Channel. You know Zach and the crew. Uh, most terrifying places in America on Travel Channel. Uh, let's see what else is it? Oh, Paranormal Nine One One. 
on Travel Channel. You know, real good show. Now he's just being an asshole, name dropping everything he's done. Let's go ahead and do it. You ask. Uh, we also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think John's still bitter about not getting recognized. <laughs> so another side story because that's what we do here because it's fun. So we've been to this is our second time at McNutt House and we went to a very nice establishment here in Vicksburg. I believe it's called the Biscuit Company. Is that correct? So if you're ever in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and why wouldn't you be? It's a great place <laughs> to visit. Um, go by the Biscuit Company. They have great food, great atmosphere, great drinks. Uh, they were out of sugar-free Red Bull tonight, so I had to drink a normal Red Bull. So. Settle down, princess. I know. That's just my problem. But, so the first time we went, because David is just huge in Vicksburg, and everybody knows he's the ghost guy. So David got recognized, and we couldn't even get out of the bar without people high-fiving him, talking about ghost stories, this, that, and the other, which was awesome. So, let's forward to tonight, round two. We're sitting there, eating our food, having some drinks, and, well, there goes Stormy. Somebody comes and pegs her. They didn't even recognize me. What do they recognize? My boobs. Spooky boobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Spooky that's, boobs. That's what it should be. That's got merch written all over it. Well, yeah, and I'm super jealous because, you know, we're sitting there and David's wearing a, rocking a shirt that says Parahor. And I was like, <laughs> that needs to be mine. She's still working on that. A couple more beers, that's mine. Yeah, the lady just straight came up and she was like, are you who I think you are? Stormy was like, who do you think I am? I recognize those boobs. You're Stormy Daniels. <laughs> That was the best. Very accurate. Yes. And, and let me say that she was about 19 drinks in, so for her to recognize your boobs is impressive as hell. She's seen a lot of porn. Yeah. A lot <laughs> to be able to do that. But uh, so <laughs> trying to stay on topic here because it's late and we've had some drinks and some frustration and Susan's ready for bed. She's, no. very she's not happy. <laughs> or at least she's ready for us to go to bed so she can sneak out again. We'll see. But yeah, so we've been to this place twice. So David got recognized, and now Stormy's got recognized, and it'll never happen to me. Let's just all be honest. That's true. But uh, the first time we came here, we, we like I said, we came to town to do the haunted tour of McRaven, and we're like, just stayed here. We didn't plan to really do an investigation. And you said, do you mind if I invite my friend David? And so you did, and just... Luckily, you know, he turned out to be really cool, and I like him. Oh, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I work. I try to work hard on it. I don't like most people, you know that. It's true. Very true. <laughs> uh, and so we kind of had an impromptu investigation. It wasn't really planned. Right. So, and, and I don't really know anything about the property. As many times as I've been to Vicksburg, Mississippi, which has some really, really neat homes like Cedar Grove and Duff Green Mansion, uh, I've not done a lot at McNutt, so I didn't know the history of the land or the entities that were supposed to haunt. Yeah, I, I did. Look, you said McNutt, and she went, oh. See, I, I was being good. This time it's on him. Look, I paused because David makes his face. It looks like there's a freaking demon behind me or something. We're sitting in the haunted location doing this podcast. You can't make that face I'm behind sorry. me. My you bad. know the history behind me. I have a lot of dark stuff. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I didn't know the history of McNutt, uh, didn't know the land, so I wanted to invite David because I know he had a rich history here. He knew all the entities. He knew the hot spots. So I kind of wanted to put Stormy to the test because she's <gasps> pegged. You were testing me? It was a test the whole <gasps> time. Me and David had a whole thing about it. Did you really? Yes. And you fucking passed. And you're just now telling mm -hmm. me? Yeah. You passed with flying colors. So... 
we just wanted you to walk out in the property and just see what you felt because there's obviously some monuments and things that would normally just naturally pull your eye. Except they, it was pitch black and I couldn't see anything. Well, but that's not exactly where the places actually or, or the things actually occurred, you know. So that would throw a normal person off. So we just wanted to see what happened. And as soon as you walk outside, you're like a bloodhound, like just sniffing around the yard, just going all over the place. Okay. And David just okay. kept okay, tapping me. Stop for a second. For the people listening, I, that obviously the show's not out yet, so they haven't seen this. Like, just, I don't remember doing this, so you have to like give them a visual. Like, we're just standing there talking, and I just blank, basically. Right, yeah. So yeah. for somebody who doesn't know what that looks like, what is it like from your point of view? Cause, well, we're just standing outside, walking in the property. We walked inside the house and uh, put our stuff in a room. And, you know, David was kind of telling us about uh, what the back house of the back part of the property was. And all of a sudden, as me and David are talking, and he's talking to both of us, you just kind of zone out and then just wander off like a very normal person would do <laughs> while you're having a conversation with somebody. And you just start walking to the corner of the yard, and David starts tapping the shit out of my arm, and I don't know what he's tapping me for because I don't know the history of the land either. But apparently you're pegging on something that's accurate, and then you kind of just wander to the right side of the property, the left side of the property, and you keep pegging things that have happened, whether there's a body buried, uh, whether there's a traumatic experience that happened. So David knows the land like the back of his hand, and you've never been here, I don't know the history, and you're just boom, 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 you're just pegging everything, and you're getting super emotional, and... I'm an ugly crier. It's There's intense. a lot of that in Spooky Bay, me crying and holding on to people. It's intense, and I just start recording, because I don't know what else to do. Whenever you go to your uh, Scooby-Doo mode, I just start... <laughs> <laughs> I just start recording and hope for the best, and usually we get uh, some good stuff, and uh, my quote is, we, we can never miss a shot, so that's what happened. Yeah. I so, don't remember much of it, though. It's intense, and we won't go too much into it. Did we get all of it, though? I don't think we really did. We got some good part, some good parts. Yeah. Um, I know. I remember saying specific words and and David looking excited. Um, but I think my favorite part had nothing to do with the house. Like it had nothing to do. You know, you just there was a point where we we're standing over in the corner of the yard, and it was a place where there's, a, a, according to David, there's somebody buried, but the the marker, the the headstone, isn't there. They've moved it. Yeah, that's uh, actually David Weiss McGill, Lieutenant okay. David. Yeah, that <clears throat> he was actually he was shot down by the river, mm-hmm. and if I. I, I I gotta get it right. I, th- I think it blew like his leg off arm or something like that. Remember, I kept saying something he, about a broken exa- leg. Exactly. Oh, I didn't know and that. Oh, it's he was <laughs> he was shot down by the river. They brought him up here and he passed away on the property and they buried him on the property. The thing is, it's not where the marker is. He was actually buried over there at the corner of the fence where you picked up on mm-hmm. and that you got real upset and emotional on that. And you had no idea about that. I didn't either. I didn't know exactly where he was buried on the property. Mm-hmm. I was told that morning before y'all came really, that he was buried right there. And that's another reason why I got so excited about it. I'm getting chill bumps right now even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, he I was mean, knocking the hell out of my arm. He just kept tapping me. And I was like, what the hell's going on? What do you want? And, uh, yeah, so actually you were blowing his mind. Mm-hmm. And I was just, it was neat for me to see because I was recording it. You were doing your thing. He was freaked out because you were so spot on. So, But that's just one example of all the locations yeah. that we go to, and you do have a natural gift and a natural ability that it's very, very intriguing to watch. But like I was saying, my favorite thing was when I fucked with you. 
because you look so... Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but you look so shocked, and I turned to David, and you were using... What was it? Were you using an ovulus? Yeah, the ovulus, yeah. yes. And I turned my back to you, so you couldn't even hear or see what I was saying, and I looked at David, and I said, do you want to watch me fuck with John? And I turned around and I looked at you and I sent you a message. And what did the ovulus say? Telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did, man. That that freaked me out. I know. She she has, yeah, it's not fair. The things that she can do and, and, and you know, it's unique to see. And uh, as an investigator for over a decade, uh, audio is a very important thing to me. And obviously the, the visuals that you can capture. But having somebody like Stormy is uh, kind of like a cheat code. Uh, to the paranormal because she can really peg names and feelings and emotions and it really drives you to the right spot so on my end the video and the audio naturally comes so as a duo uh, what we've done at these locations is something that I've never experienced in the 13 years I've been investigating now <laughs> I have to say these things I don't because I, because I have to pay you for them yes no but they are very very accurate but no. I want to know more about, like, because you've been in the paranormal for longer than you. Yeah. Uh, going on, I think it's 19 years now, going on 20-something like that. I don't know. Which is only 22, so that's impressive. Now you're like Susan. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me ask you a, a few questions, because, you know, I didn't want to just throw you some softball questions up here, like, what's your favorite haunted place, which I could ask you, but and we may get into that. I'm about to get in trouble. Are you about to put me on the spot, John? I'm not going to do it. Okay, I'll do it. What's the top three places you've ever investigated? Top three, top three. I would say probably Mansfield State Reformatory is like one of the most intense ones I've been at because actually one of uh, we had another team member there that was attacked in solitary confinement, and she was held down. You know, well, she. let me go ahead and go with the story real quick. Um, we were in solitary confinement, and she, it was just me and her and her husband, and she started, you know, sort of, you know, getting a little rough with the spirits there, saying, hey, I'm a woman, you know, I know you haven't seen one in a long time, come over here, talk to me, you know, hey, look, you know, show me you're here, blah, 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 this and that, just antagonizing the piss out of them, right? Next thing you know, she grabs her stomach, she hits the ground, and she's holding, she, I mean, she's just steadily holding her stomach. She was like, David, David, help, you know, I can't oh get up, I, you know. I'm like, I look at her, and I'm just, you know, fucking around. I'm like, yeah, it's just gas, you know, just screwing <laughs> around with her. I thought she was playing with me, but no, she wasn't. I went over there, and I tried to pick her up. Her husband tried to pick her up, too. We couldn't get her up. So he turned around, and he was like, leave her alone, you know, this and that. He was getting real upset, but I'm trying to get her up. The mail meter ended up showing up. The temperature went to 666 which I'm not real, you know, big into that, but it was pretty cool that it happened besides mm -hmm. her getting attacked. We finally get her up, and I carry out of there. We get to the break room and pull down her pants, and on her legs, she has fingerprint marks red all over her legs, and she was not touching the legs. She was holding her stomach the whole time, and nobody else did. So that was definitely a tense. You got the cell door slamming there, and they really don't move. You know, it's like, you know, it's, uh, you know, residual sounds. No, it, it, was it was just sounds, sound. residual okay. sounds. Uh, that's a good place. Then also, of course, uh, one of my favorites is you know McNutt House because it's real nice ghost here. It's a real sweet ghost. Mm -hmm. um, and we get a lot of evidence. Now, 
Let's see, another place uh, off the top of my head. Man, I've been to so many places, John. Thank you. For Be careful spot, what you buddy. tell me because I asked John what was like the scariest place that he ever went to, and he told me that he would. He told me where it was and that he would never ever go back there, and so I booked it. <laughs> nice. It's ridiculous. No, it's not nice. No, no <laughs> encourage her. No, <laughs> not at all. I'll tell you another one. Belmont Plantation. That's a real good location too. Uh, that's, you know, some of my biggest places now, you know, with getting evidence, there's a lot of places we've been to over the years, but it's always hit and miss. Okay. I like that. Now, I like that most of them are local here in Mississippi, but let me ask you this, because you've hosted several events uh, in your paranormal career, right? And that's something you enjoy doing, which, you know, you give people their first uh, experience, so you basically, you're popping their paranormal cherry to say... Don't say anything. I'm sitting here like a good girl. <laughs> okay. So what's your favorite uh, thing whenever you're hosting an event with people who are not used to the paranormal, they're not well-versed, they're coming in, it's their first investigation, what excites you about hosting an event? You know, basically hosting an event, uh, you're talking about popping the cherry and all that. I love it whenever, all right, for one thing, whenever you're hosting these events, a lot of, a lot of these people, they're, you know, customers or whatever, they they like to be weekend warriors. They go out and they have a good time. They go to these cemeteries and some that, and they don't know exactly what they're going to get into, man. They can get harmed in any ways. There's no telling what could happen. They can get attachments. I enjoy whenever they come in to these paid events. They have, you know, par people in the paranormal field that actually are, I wouldn't say, I mean, we know to a certain level what we're doing we know how to protect them if something else goes wrong and for another thing we wouldn't bring them into a place that actually they would get hurt you know but i, I love it the excitement of it whenever they come in they get to investigate hold the equipment they get to be on tv they get to uh, well they get to be ghost hunters for the night type right. thing yeah and and they're guided in a certain they're guided in a way where they're not in, put in harm you know, that's what I love about it, especially the kids. They get to come up, and they get to hold equipment and all that stuff. It really touched, you know, tugs at my heart. So yeah. I have a question about that. I actually have two. Uh, one, have you ever had something go sideways during that, like bringing somebody in, and they probably have their own attachments that they came in with or their own? And sometimes when you bring somebody into one of these environments that's, like, supercharged, because that's what happened to me when I moved into my house in New Orleans, like, I think all of this stuff was there and latent with me and, and my ex that I moved in with. And I always describe it as moving into that house was like pouring gasoline on what was already there. It just was a accelerant. So have you ever had an instance where like somebody came in and something went really bad and it might not even been uh, relative to where you were. They brought it, you know, it came in and it was in that heightened place and they're around other people that are sensitive. So that's part of my question. Number two is when you're leading all these people who are weekend warriors or a lot of them are skeptics or whatever, you know as well as I do that you can't make a you can't write a script for a ghost or a spirit. Like sometimes you go to the most haunted place ever and it's just quiet that night. Maybe they went out drinking the night before and the <laughs> ghosts are all resting. Right. And so have you ever had somebody like get pissed off that they go in and didn't get their money's worth, so to speak? You know, actually, you know, with the first question, uh, never had anything go sideways. Everything has always been positive. Uh, Until tonight when we asked you to set up the podcast. That was actually fun. Everybody's quiet. <laughs> Remember that. John, you're fired. Sorry, Susan was already going to take my spot anyway, so better now than ever. 
But uh, no, we never had anything go sideways or anything. It was mostly, it, it was all positive, like I'm saying. You know, before it was all over with on all these events, you know, every now and then we'll get a person come in and they won't help. They're like, you know, I think I got an attachment, you know, this and that, a family member, and we actually sit here and consult them and talk to them and try to help them through that moment. That's why they come to these events, right. not really to investigate, but actually get a peace of mind about what they're going through in their own personal life or something at the structure of their right. house. They're looking for validation. They're looking right. for somebody else that has had experience. You know, experiences or whatever to tell them that they're not crazy. Yeah, because kind of how this whole show started for me. Being ridiculed. I mean, people get ridiculed a lot in paranormal field. We all know that. So yeah, right. It, it, the house in between Alice, the homeowner for that documentary. You know, being in Mississippi in general, in the Bible Belt in the South, she kept her mouth shut for a long time. She was so scared to be scrutinized for. You know, saying, saying her house was haunted and how people would look at her in the small towns. So, yeah, you know, being able to give somebody a voice and somebody that can talk to is, is huge. Yeah, and it's, that's, I mean, John knows this. I don't know if you know this, but that's the whole reason that I started this show. Because I had these pretty extreme paranormal experiences, but they were coming like once or twice a year. Yeah, like all the stuff that people who are sensitive will say. Like, you know, you think about somebody they call, sometimes you get a bad feeling, like, don't drive this way home, think of a song that comes on the radio, you think of somebody, they text you that day. And I think everybody has that gift and everybody has those things happen. Some of us, it happens more frequently. For me, it happened a lot. But there were these a few things that happened in my life that were just undeniable. And I told John a very personal one earlier today that, you know, it happened when I was 22 or 23 and I was the first vision that I ever had. I was standing at the sink in, in the house that I lived in at the time, and I had a very clear vision of my stepdaughter passing away. And I went in and tried to talk to her father about it, and we got in a big fight, and nothing was done. And seven days later, we buried her. And that was oh, like man. a lot of guilt that I carried, and I still do, because if I had fought harder and been more confident and wasn't afraid of being called crazy, like she would probably still be here, because I would have been like, no, this is real. Like, right. And I would have removed her from the situation that eventually, you know, a week later caused her death. And so that was part of it. And then these things kept happening. And then when I moved into the house in New Orleans, it's been about a year and a half ago, and these things started happening. The, the guy that I was with and very much in love with thought I was insane. And you start to think that maybe you are. And I set out on this quest to prove that I wasn't, and it turns out I'm not. But my heart just breaks for all these people that are probably going through this. So when you say people come and they look for that validation and look for help, that's the real motivation behind Spooky Babes. It was originally to, like, prove that I'm not crazy and for my own, like, fuck you, motherfucker, I'm not crazy, yeah. look at all this evidence. But that quickly grew into something bigger to, like, wanting to help people. And that's why we have this whole, like, idea for the aftercare and things like that. But then on the flip side of that, you probably get people that come in and, like, I paid this and... You know, dance, ghost dance, and you, you can't make them do that. And so I just wondered if anybody ever gets pissed off about that. You know, uh, I've never had that happen. You know, uh, I mean, because I tell, you know, I tell them in the beginning, I'm like, look, man, I mean, this isn't like a paranormal TV show. It's hit and miss. We don't know if it's going to happen. You can't sit here on demand and get a spirit to come talk to you. I mean, I mean, shit, I've been doing it for, uh, this long, and I have maybe two photos of a full-body apparition that might be, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can't do it on demand. But they get to come out and they get to have a good time. And the thing is, doing the, you know, whenever you're doing these events, you do meet and greets, you know, let them have a good time. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's, 
it's an experience is what it is. You know, instead of going out for a steak dinner or going to a movie, being able to do something like that, something you're going to take away and remember, whether you have an experience or not, it's just the process that you get to be a part of. And like you said, whenever you're talking about a TV show, let's just say a Ghost Adventures episode, for example, you know, they'll, they'll film for three or four days and they condense that to a 42-minute episode. So you have to understand that when you do an event, sometimes they're four hours, six hours, eight hours, you cannot say, all right, 12 o'clock, we've got a female apparition coming down the stairs. No, we're Everybody all trying. Everybody look to your left, get your cameras totally ready. Right. right. Yes. And, and <laughs> if you can do that, we'll all be multimillionaires, and we're working on that, but we're not there yet. But, yeah, I, the experience of what people take away is so unique because if you think about it, if you talk to 10 people, I would say 8 out of 10 people either know somebody who's had an experience or have had an experience themselves. So you're talking about 80% of people, but they're not used to talking about it and opening up about it. I remember we used to do like Halloween events where there'd be lines of people to come up and talk to us and look at the evidence. And some of the most big, burly man who you did not think would be into the paranormal would get to the table and would just tell you the craziest stories because they have somebody to open up to and actually talk to it about. So there are people who have just had some really traumatic things happen. And, it, and I, this is kind of deep, but if you're talking about abuse and other things like that, people hide that and they don't have anybody to talk to. You know, that's a deep thing to bury down. Same thing on the paranormal side. This stuff is really, it can mess with your psyche. So to have somebody to, who can help you have an aftercare and really do something about the situation is unique. Yeah, totally agree. Totally. Well said, man. Well said. So I have another question. You know, I get told a lot that I shouldn't, you know, do this because something, it's going, it, it's going to cause negative stuff for myself. Like going into these places, I get told often like, Oh, you're just asking for something to like follow you home, or have you ever had anybody say that? Have you ever had that happen, or do you do something to protect yourself? I've had it happen before in the mm-hmm. past. That's yeah. Well, let's go back to Paranormal 911 on Travel Channel. That's exactly where it happened. Also on Haunted Hospitals. On he's name dropping. Yep, there we go. Hey, you got to watch the story, man. I mean, that's my story. But uh. Yeah, I've had it happen before, but you have to protect yourself. I mean, the real easy way, whatever religion you are, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you guard yourself. You know, on our team, we have all kinds of religions. We have, right. you know, Catholic, we got Baptist, we got, you know, Atheist, we got, you know, Wiccan. Mm-hmm. We got, you never know what kind of religion is going to help you in that situation. Right. So we do all different kind of prayers. I'm obviously you know. confused. I have a pentagram tattooed on my neck and a crucifix in my bra right now. <laughs> uh, you see that? Yeah, we have the same tattoo. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, uh, I mean, you never know what's going to help you out. I mean, we're, we won't know anything completely, truly about the paranormal. Uh, you, well, not paranormal, but ghosts, spirits, mm-hmm. until we pass away and we move on where we move on. We probably won't, probably won't want to know then. I ain't going to lie to you. You'll probably be scared to death. But, well, I'm going to haunt I mean, the fuck out of some people. I got, a, I got a list. You know I do. I'm trying to stay on the positive side of that list. Oh, I'm still going to haunt you. Uh, it just might be more fun for others. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but yeah, it, it basically guard yourself. It's real easy to just say, hey, look, you know, after the investigation, hey, you cannot follow me home. You mm-hmm. have to stay in this location. Even before there, you know, we'll do a prayer afterwards. Right. You know? That's what I was asking. It's like, you know, if you guys practice something or if people, a lot of people are afraid to go and do these things because they're afraid of that happening. And I actually did have that happen to me once. And I have it on video. Um, I'll actually go ahead and po- tell everybody. I'll post that on the Spooky Babes uh, Instagram. But uh, it's a video about 
it's almost a year old now, last October, so October of uh, 2019, Justin and I went and stayed the night at the Myrtles. And we didn't have equipment or anything then, so nothing's recorded, which is why I'll just um, post this clip that I do have on our Instagram if everybody wants to check it out. But I didn't feel like anything followed us. I didn't feel anything negative. I went home and was totally fine. I have a Jack Russell, like my fans know. Her name is Lucy. And if anybody has a terrier, you know how they act when you come home. And she was a puppy at the time. And I came in, and she's normally all over you, like obnoxious, like total, like, get the fuck off of me. And she wouldn't come near me. And it was very odd. And I, I've shown you the video, right, John? Mm-hmm. And she wouldn't come near me, so I filmed her. And this dog, was she was looking towards me, but looking past me. And I was like, Lucy, come here, girl. Come here. And she would, like, she was belly crawling and, like, wouldn't come up to me. This dog was, like, she was, was, like, turning away. She wouldn't make eye contact. And then when she did look in my direction, she was looking, like, over my right shoulder. And, like, John can tell you, I've shown him the video. And her whole body is trembling. Like, I thought she was having a seizure. It was so bad. Her second favorite thing is food. So I open the, the container. I pour food in her bowl. And I'm like, get your dinner. And she wouldn't even come into the kitchen. And she's shaking and her tail's between her legs. And she was so scared she pissed herself. And then there's a loud knock behind me. And, I, and on the, I just got chills. And in the video, you actually hear me go, what the fuck is that? And I follow her into the living room. And she's curled up and on her back. with her. Like, it's crazy. Pretty dramatic. Yeah. It's, it, and it's, you know, I know you guys don't know my dog. But she's never acted like that before that or since then. Like, she didn't see me for two days. And I came in and she wouldn't come near me. And I, you know, I put the phone, I put the video, I stopped recording, so I actually don't have proof of this because I put the phone down and was holding her. And I was like, whatever followed me, like, you're not welcome here. And I, I asked it to leave, and she snapped out of it and was totally fine. So I'll post that video, but that's the reason I asked is, you know, is there something somebody can do if that does happen? And see, that's real easy to do. I mean, that's all you have to do is just say, hey, look, you you can't stay here. Leave me alone. You know, you're you're scaring a family. You're scaring us. I mean, it's real easy. You made my dog like pee on the rug, and that's an expensive rug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what happened to me whenever my first attachment, mm-hmm. I went to a, a call. I was a volunteer firefighter, and it was a young girl, and she passed away at the scene. I was the first one on the scene. It was right down from my house. Well, on the way back... I felt a presence in the vehicle with me. Mm-hmm. I get back to the house, and, uh, you know, uh, long story short, um, I was in there taking a shower, and I heard somebody knock on the door, opened up the door. I was thinking, it's my daughter, and my not, not my daughter. She was back there in the bed asleep while she knocking on the door. But eventually, I started seeing the female, the young female. It was the same one that she followed me from the river. Ooh, I get chills. So I know and, uh, that's, that's my trigger. It's like if, if somebody's telling me something and I get chills, I know it's real. It, it, I mean, it really screwed us up for a while. And I was in the paranormal field at the time, but I wasn't actually seasoned. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what to do. But even my daughter started affecting her because, you know, I mean, <clears throat> getting choked up about it. Um, I made boys really, cry. <laughs> Accurate, really, very accurate. It, I mean, it, it was just crazy. I mean, but anyway, four was all over with uh, seeing her standing at the end of our bed. <gasps> you know, I mean, nope, nope, nope. Full body apparition, no face, blurred out, and waking up and looking over, and she's right there at the nightstand, just looking at you, man. I mean, look, I'm getting chilled. Me but, too. I, mean, it was I know. I'm in the middle of all this. Everybody's got chills around me, and I'm freaking out. We're sitting here in a haunted house. It's like. <laughs> One in the morning, and Susan's staring at me. This is a lot to take in. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, and what you might not know about your friend John, because I'm totally going to throw him under the bus right now, is we all have our, 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 like, our 
what do you call it? You know, your spidey sense. Oh, yeah, Lord. like our reaction. Y'all hear that? Seriously? No. I heard a, like a, a uh, rustle. Shut the fuck up. I swear to God, I just heard that right over okay, there. Okay, so this is the second paranormal podcast that I've physically done, and the same thing happened last time. We actually ended up stopping the podcast and getting some great footage. If anybody listens to or watches the Creeping It Real podcast, we... What time is it? Time set, John. Well, uh, 12.07. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We'll check it. But, um, so that, you know, I was wondering what your, how you know. Like, for me, I get goosebumps, and I feel like somebody's running something on my back. The running joke is... My nipples get hard. Um, uh, yeah. John says he feels like he's walking through, like, spider webs or whatever. Justin cries. Like, he just starts bawling for no reason. Like, he starts leaking. And yeah. the second Justin starts crying, I'm like, oh, fuck. Something's going to happen in the next 60 seconds. So that's what I was wondering, like, what your, how you know something is real or about to happen. And then, like, when something big does happen, what is your reaction? Are you fight or flight? Because, let me tell you, that's motherfucker right here. I'm fight all the all the way, baby. No, you are not. He is. Really? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a man. You're not. <laughs> I'm flight, 100%. There's footage, and there's, there's, there's many, many pieces of footage to show that I'm flight, and I'm proud of it. You, you're proud of what you did to me? Well... I mean, he, we were in the, the McIntyre Villa, and we had a pretty intense experience, and... It was chaos. It was, yeah, and when it got really, like, crazy, he literally picked me up and threw me onto a couch and took off running. He was basically like, take her! Well, at least... You sacrificed me. You see, I have the strength, I just don't have the courage. That's, That's the problem. That's true. So, what is your... Are you fight or flight? Depends on the situation. Uh, I may say, uh, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. If I hear something or see something or some sort of I'm going straight toward it because I want to get that evidence. I want to okay, get good. the holy grail of the paranormal. And I want to say, hey, look, you know, I caught this shit, you know. I've never ran away from anything except for one time we were filming with uh, Kitchen Labs. We were doing a sizzle reel for one of our, uh, well, we were shopping for a new television, a paranormal show. And we were down there. <laughs> we were at the lake. And basically, they were pitching us out there as uh, a party down south paranormal style. That's what mm -hmm. it was going, which I'm not on the contract anymore, so I can actually put it out there and say that. Um, but we were out there. We were talking. It was just like four of us. I decided I want to do a Sasquatch call. And I did it, and I'll be damned. Something called back. <gasps> Shut up. It scared the shit out of me, and I about hauled ass. And the girls there, they were like, where are you going? Where are you going? I was like, fuck <laughs> this. I'm gone. Ended up finding out it was a cow calling back to me. Oh, my but God. It, it, it was worse. pretty cool. <laughs> so, basically, I'm not safe tonight is what you're both telling me. Great. <laughs> You'll be fine. You've, you've been in worse situations. Great. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot for that. So... Uh, I think we could do another two hours, three hours. Uh, we appreciate you being on tonight, and I know uh, it's been a long, uh, drawn-out process, but uh, we have more stories to tell, and we'll definitely have you back on, and uh, we appreciate you taking time to hang out with us. Where can everybody find your stuff? Oh, yeah, uh, where you can get on Facebook, or you can just Google strikefaststudio.com. My um, uh, business partner and director, producer, Gene Hamill, videographer, he does all that. And uh, I'm one of the actors and do the same thing. We hook everything up, you know, trying to get webisodes of paranormal out there as well. Uh, debunking Urban Legends, but strikefaststudio.com. You can also look me up on Facebook, David Childers. Uh, got like page. I don't really get a like page because I'm not a celebrity like John Bullock. Well, that's not true. The real celebrity in the room 
It's Stormy Daniels. Oh. <laughs> we knew that was going to happen. But, yeah, uh, Stormy really is. Uh, she's got such a great skill set. And uh, what we're doing with Spooky Babes is definitely uh, very, very unique. So check out Spooky Babes show uh, on Instagram. Check out Spooky Babes Susan. And, uh, obviously, you know where to find Stormy Daniels at. Yes. Don't Google that at work, guys. But, everybody, thanks for listening. I am Stormy Daniels, and you're listening to Taking the World by Storm. <laughs>